One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ahí va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. Al área, al remate, y ahí está el primer tanto del partido. No lo celebra, por supuesto. Aaron Ramsey, 0 a 1 para el Arsenal. This is Arscast Extra. Hello there, welcome to another Arscast Extra, brought to you this week by Audible. You can get yourself a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com forward slash Arscast. I think. Good morning, James. Good afternoon, James, brother. Good afternoon. It is indeed now, yeah. Uh, uh, we're running slightly late. We are slightly late. I spent some of this morning cleaning out the uh, my freezer. The, you know the way the top shelf of your freezer and your fridge freezer? Well, mine tends to get a bit like uh, like ice agey. Yeah, it encroaches. Yes. Is, is, that, is, that what, is that what happens? The ice sort of slowly closes in. It's like a glacier. Mm. Yeah, mm. Um, so, and, and you find things kind of buried in it. It's like a kind of form of archaeology, that I isn't did, it? Uncovering. I did. I, I found in the top shelf, which you know, for about three months, I haven't able, uh, haven't actually been able to reef out. Uh, I found uh, some chicken fillets, some steak pieces, and uh, some mince and some mini potato waffles. Amazing. I'm going to give all the meat to the dog because I don't trust it. But mini potato waffles would surely last like cockroaches beyond a nuclear war i think so yeah i was just thinking like if if there had been a nuclear holocaust imagine if that freezer was sort of the only thing that survived and you know whatever society that succeeded ours they'd have to rebuild their picture of the way we lived purely from those things they were a very advanced civilization they were able to make potatoes into waffles exactly think of what else we do well out of that wow yeah. So how's Through it all going in Edinburgh? Edinburgh's lovely. I think today there are forecasts for sort of gale force winds, uh, which should be interesting. Uh, but, I, but looking outside now, I can't see any sign of that. All mm. trees appear to be stood up rather than fallen down. So we shall see. Um, yeah, having a, having a lovely old time at the Fringe. Um, it's been great, to be honest. But, yeah, my sense of time and day has been severely hampered. Yeah. The fact it's the afternoon and a Wednesday is something that I have to constantly remind myself. It wouldn't surprise me if I've got that pretty wrong. To you be don't honest. have to const- you only have to remind yourself of that on a Wednesday afternoon. No, that's my mistake. That's my mistake. That's why I keep messing it up, because I remind myself constantly it's Wednesday afternoon and on a Thursday and Friday that just won't fly. Yeah. Hanging out with anyone famous up there? Uh hanging out near some famous people. Right. Let me tell you. Very near them. Um, no, I, I have to. There's a lot of uh, lot of comedians up here. In fact, the the woman from The Killing I met the other day. Do you know? Did you ever watch The Killing? The sort of Danish, oh, Scandi- the woman with the with the with the the jumper, the the, the jumper woman, the jumper yeah, woman, the jumper woman. To, wow, she wasn't wearing the jumper. Obviously, what didn't want to get recognised. Yeah, well, but uh, yeah. I was introduced to her by a mutual friend. She looked like she was suspicious of me. But then again, I, that's just how I'm used to seeing her. That is it's true different. of most people, though. They do look suspiciously at you. Yeah, they do, yeah. And with good reason. Very good reason. But she didn't um, suspect you in the killing of uh, Hannah Buchlarsson, no? 
she didn't mention it. She didn't mention it, but then she wouldn't. She's very good. She keeps her cards close to her chest. I've seen it, Series 1. I know how it goes. Yeah. Um, a few of those sorts of people around. Rowan Atkinson, he's walking around yeah. up here. It's a bit weird. Like, it's a bit like seeing Mr. Bean actually exists. But then sometimes when you see Arsene Wenger on the touchline, you can you can believe that's the case. Yeah. When he's kick, kicking the bottles and what have you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it's it, it's been great. Thank you. What's What news over there? No news over here, really. We've just been, you know, uh, hanging around, doing things and stuff. Nothing, I mean, there's n- nothing exciting. No, there's not been much Arsenal news, has there, since we last spoke? It's been no. the Emirates Cup, I guess. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's where I was going uh, after that. It was a beautiful segue into the Emirates Cup, I think. Um, yeah, did perfect. you Did you get to see it? I did, although not live. I sort of watched, you know, delayed coverage. But uh, I, I did see it, yeah. I enjoyed the the first game. The second game was, was not quite as easy on the eye. The first game, obviously notable for the fact that Yaya Sanogo didn't score one or two or three, but four, four goals in, in one game. Is he now on track? Or is he now cursed with the Arshavin Baptista thing? Players have scored four, and it just didn't work out for them. Or are we Maybe just, you know, jumping to a ridiculous conclusion? I slightly worry as he used up his sort of allocation of goals for the next few months in <laughs> in, in one outing. I have to say, I'm not sure it's something I ever thought I'd see uh, a game, albeit a friendly, in which Yaya Snogo scored four times. But, I th- you know, it's a great thing, isn't it? I mean... As a striker, it's obviously going to play on your mind that you haven't, you know, put the ball in the net in an Arsenal shirt. And although that's not an official fixture, it was, you know, decent attended game at the Emirates Stadium. I think it will have meant something to him, and uh, his celebrations certainly seem to suggest that. And hopefully, it allows him to kick on because that's really the biggest thing missing from his game is that kind of composure in front of goal. Some interesting displays on the Saturday as well. Joel Campbell. Did well for about an hour, scored a really nice goal also. Very, very oh. tidy finish. Accomplished finish, uh, I suppose, the finish of a of a man who's been playing regular first-team football for three years and scoring, um, maybe not so much in his first couple of years, but certainly last season in Greece. Yeah, it was a really good finish. I mean, to be honest, uh, looking at it, he could have had a, a couple more possibly. There was one that he sort of took early, maybe on his right foot, they didn't hit quite so well. But he's a very dangerous player, isn't he? Like, he's... he's, he's got pace he's got a bit of skill um he likes playing on that right hand side because he can cut in onto his left foot i think he's an exciting prospect and it seems that arsene wenger is really sort of determined to give him a chance whether or not that lasts you know right up until the transfer deadline i don't know but i certainly feel more optimistic about the prospect of him staying and playing a part in the arsenal squad this season than i did prior to the emirates cup it seems whatever he's done so far He's, he's doing the right thing, and the manager's making the right noises. I mean, I know you've you've always been a little bit uh, sceptical about whether or not he's actually going to make the cut and be part of the squad next year. Have you seen anything that changes your mind at all? Well, certainly in that in that hour, he, his contribution was really positive, and, and what you're looking for uh, when, when a player is in that position is for him to show the manager and show everyone that he can contribute to the squad. I thought, uh, mm. you know, some of his touches and uh, his, his he was switched on defensively. Uh, as I said I, on, on the blog, I think he needs to work on his fitness. Some of that, of course, will be post-World Cup tiredness. But I think as well, he might just need to get himself up to the pace of, of the English game. Uh, the manager said afterwards, I, I, there's no reason to let him go. I want to keep him. 
um, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I still feel is a little bit open-ended. You know, there's no reason to let him go now, but if I bring in somebody else, then, then maybe, or... You know, I want to keep him, but it's down to him to, to prove it. I think he's done a, a made a good start anyway. Yeah. Uh, showing the manager, you know, that, that he can really make a difference in, in certain games. So, I, Yeah, I think he's made a good start. And the other thing that could be, of course, including that I want to keep him thing is is what's the player's will, you know. Yeah. We talked about that before. Is, is he happy to be part of the squad? If he, if he walks in and says, look, I need to be playing games in the last week of the transfer window, I need to be playing regularly, then... Maybe you know, maybe he'll he'll have to be sold. So, I think it is still slightly in the balance. But I'd be very happy to see him part of the squad. I think he's an exciting prospect and someone who gives us, you know, depth in a, a number of different positions. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Callum Chambers, he started mm. on Saturday, and and what do we draw from the fact that he started at centre half? Is it just because we didn't have any centre halves because Nacho Monreal was also starting at centre half and you wouldn't include him as a part of our centre half roster. But perhaps it is um, interesting that he started centrally with with, with Hector Bellerin um, on the right-hand side. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, just on that note, I thought Bellerin was really excellent. Yeah, I, I uh, saw him in New York and it was difficult to make any kind of judgment because... The game in New York was played in intense heat and, and at exhibition pace, really. So uh, he, he did try a few things in New York, but they didn't come off. Whereas on Saturday against Benfica, they did come off. He got he got well down the right-hand side quite a number of times and got into the box well. So, yeah, I was impressed. Yeah, really impressed. I think, you know, I think he might have been the standout performer for me. I mean, snow goes side, obviously. Uh, but uh, Chambers at centre-back, well, it's partly... It's partly necessity, isn't it? We, we're not blessed with centre-backs at the moment. I don't think uh, Monreal is considered a, a long-term option there, as you've just said. But Chambers could be. He looked pretty comfortable there on both days of the tournament. Um, so I think that he's certainly someone the manager will be considering. But I still would have my doubts about going into a season, if, if we accept that Vermaelen is probably off, having Chambers as my third-choice centre-back. I'm just not sure... For all his athleticism, for his technical qualities, he's got enough experience in that role. And it's, mm. you know, we talked about this last week. It's a position where that's so important. Um, so I, I think he looks promising there, but I do think it's more of a long term option. I, I'd be a little bit surprised to see him playing uh, with any kind of regularity there this season. Um, yeah. I think it's a short term measure while we wait for people, Mertesacker, to come back and possibly another signing to arrive. I mean, yeah, what, what's your take? Do you feel similarly? I think that if and when Vermaelen leaves, we need to make a signing. And I'm happy for mm. Chambers to be used centrally uh, if we're going to keep Bellerin, um, you know, as a, as a backup for Debussy. I think Chambers will be used there a bit as well. But I do think either way, we, we need to have four centre halves and if one of those is Chambers and if uh, the other one is a, is a signing that comes in perhaps somebody with a bit of experience who isn't necessarily going to uh, want to play week in week out you know at the at the same end if we bring in a player that really competes with Mertesacker and Koscielny I'm happy with that too but we definitely need I think four central defensive options uh, going yeah. going into the season at the moment we we've got them, but I think Vermaelen's going to go. So if Vermaelen goes, then we need to address that. Um, so yeah, 
And I think, uh, for, personally, I think as good as Bellerin was, I still think there's quite a strong chance he'll head out on loan. Just because mm. you've got you've got Chambers there, having spent so much money on him, they'll want to make sure he gets games. And I still think a lot of those games this season will be at right back. Um, so it wouldn't amaze me to see Bellerin go out and get regular football, hopefully at a good level, sort of high-end championship or perhaps even Premier League. And I think that would be you know great for his development. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he looks... It looks quite exciting, but then, you know, we've seen that a number of times in players uh, when the pressure's off and, you know, in preseason they look impressive, but when it comes right down to it, um, they're, they're not quite uh, as good as we'd like them to be. But look, if he goes out on loan, maybe plays regularly, bulks up a little bit as well, he looks a little bit slight, I think, and uh, I think he probably needs to learn a bit about defending um, mm. j- just from playing because that's how you do it for the most part. Um, mm. The experience of playing regularly is what what teaches a player as much as anything. Certainly, anything you can uh, replicate on the on the training ground. Um, I remember last week we were talking about our predictions about how much we'd spend. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so uh, Joel Reitz was kind enough to tell me when the podcast was, which was on I think it was May twenty eighth. Uh, right. And uh, I then completely forgot about that and didn't listen to it. But thankfully, John Bogard emailed and um, he said, uh, hello, Mr. Mangan, which is nice. That was nice. Very formal. Uh, he yeah. said, in your last podcast, you asked about what your estimates were for transfer spending. I was on a long road trip, so decided to dive into the archives. So I'm assuming <laughs> he's he's driving listening to the podcast and writing things down as he's going along. So he said, uh, you estimated £54 million total spend with £40 million net. And Mr. McNicholas, which is... I I I really enjoyed that. This is great, John. Thanks. He said, uh, £42 million total, £33 million net. So he Mm. says, according to the bad information I have, the spending looks like this. Alexis, 32 million. Debussy, 12 million. Ospina, 3 million. Chambers, 16 million. He says that's a total of 63 million pounds total spend and net spend. And then he says, these are rounded numbers because what is a few hundred thousand pounds among friends? And he's right, isn't (laughs) he? He is. He is right. He is right. And in fact... You know, that Sanchez figure has been quoted as high as 35 in some places, so it's, it may even be bigger than that. So we've been blown out of the water, really, haven't we? Certainly in terms of the total spend, but the net spend yeah. could could well come back if we move on a player or two. Uh, you know, Vermaelen goes to uh, Barcelona, let's say £10 million. Pounds. Uh, maybe somebody else. All the talk of the midfielder coming in. If if another midfielder comes in, you do feel like another midfielder has to go out. It just depends whether or not we get any money for that. So, yeah, I mean, this is something that I've been thinking about. So I think everyone seems pretty accepting of the fact that Vermaelen's off. But do you think do you think there'll be another major departure between now and the start of the season? I wonder, because uh, for all the talk of Kadira... If he comes in, right, mm. he's not the defensive midfielder everyone's looking for. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't then affect the position of someone like Arteta or Flamini. But it yeah. would perhaps affect the position of a player like uh, Wilshire or maybe even someone like Cazorla. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Santi, hasn't there, this summer and whether or not he's ready to go back to Spain and in fairness every time he talks he says he's, he's happy at Arsenal and willing to continue at Arsenal but 
I don't know. Um, if Joel Campbell comes in, I mean, where does Podolsky fit as well? So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess this is the thing about having depth is that it creates uncertainty over players who are not necessarily your, your first choice players. Um, so I don't, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, could you see us selling somebody for, for big money? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there was always a lot of talk about Podolsky, and I think if we'd been asked at various points in the last season, uh, I know I would have said, yeah, I reckon Podolsky's off in the summer. You know, it, it looked very much that way. And then he got that run of games towards the end of the season with Walcott out, and that changed the picture slightly. As you say, with Campbell potentially coming into the squad, it wouldn't blow my mind at all to see him head out. Um, it's difficult to see precisely where he fits in. Uh, you know, you think... Cazorla will play games on the left. I think Sanchez may play some games on the left. You've got Campbell who can do that as well. Oxide chamberlain who can do that as well. And I think those are all players who fit more naturally with Arsene Wenger's vision of how he wants the team to play. I think none of them, none of them can score at a rate that Podolsky does, which is the, which is, he's got to be looking at, I mean, he can look so ineffective and he, you know, I remember in the cup final, he was, it was terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you look at the the numbers, and I know he can't judge everything by numbers, but it, you know he, he he just scores. He knows where the goal is, and to have that finishing ability in the squad, if you're looking for a player in the last twenty minutes to come on and get you a goal, it'd be hard to hard to get rid of it. I'd be sad to see him go. I'd definitely be sad to see him go. And I think you're right. He's incredibly efficient in the final third, and it's not just goals. His assists, you know, ratio is good too. He's a great crosser, Podolski. Mm. When he gets the opportunity, um, he, he can really deliver a superb ball, and you know, Giroud profits from that. I think if I had to say that I think one will go, I think it will be him. I just feel like there is a slight sense of a square peg in a round hole with him still in this Arsenal team, and and however much. Fenger ends up playing and I, I never feel like the manager sort of fully fancies him as it were I never feel like he fully yeah, um, yeah I, I feel like he's never fully embraced him really as an Arsenal player after that initial bright start and that would be the one that I'd have my eye on the central midfield thing is absolutely fascinating I agree because you know we've got an abundance of options in there uh, and if we bring one in some people are just absolutely not going to play enough games uh, you know a guy like Diaby is barely going to get a run out. And and you do wonder if like maybe they'll let him go, send him off on a, a year's loan somewhere to try and get some kind of regular football to resurrect his career. Because yeah. if another if another signing arrives, it's very, very hard to see that happening at Arsenal. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about Diaby is you can't... I don't think you can include him in your plans, right? Yeah. So if you're going to make long-term plans, I don't think they can include Diaby. And if he goes you know, good luck to him and I hope he does hope he does well and stays fit. I think he just you, if he stays, you have to look at him as like a bonus player in a way that if he's fit and if he's uh, healthy then he can provide some some depth in games where we might need it in cup games and Capital One Cup in, in Europe, you know. So it's difficult to know um how the manager is going to view it. Or who will be the casualty if he brings somebody into midfield? But, you know, this is a good problem, isn't it, to be talking about this rather than, oh, crap, we need X, Y, and Z. Do you know what? Actually, somebody sent me uh, an email. Um, Let me just see if I can bring it up here. I should have got it beforehand. I could add in some, some of that music, couldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that.
right, we're back. Um, and somebody, I think it was on on Reddit, put together mm. a um, uh, a squad list where where you pick two teams out of the players that we've got. Okay, so they put together the a first eleven of Chesney, Koscielny, Mertesacker, Gibbs, Debushi, Ramsey, Flamini, Ozil, Walcott, Sanchez, Giroud. So there's one eleven. Here's the okay. second eleven of. Ospina, Chambers, Vermalen, as it stands, Monreal, Bellerin, Arteta, Wilshire, Cazorla, Campbell, Sonogo, Oxley, Chamberlain. And you'll notice that Podolski, Rosicki, and Diaby are not included in that. Yeah. So there's there's plenty there. Yeah. There's plenty. There's plenty there. of depth. Mm. Um, and Rosicki, you know, Rosicki signed a, a new contract, didn't he, fairly recently. So it's very hard. And also, his experience in the squad, I think, is really important. We know how much Arsene Wenger adores him as a player. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's one that's that's going anywhere. The other two you mentioned who didn't make that cut, Podolski and Diaby, if you can find someone to take a, a gamble on Diaby, uh, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't blow my mind to see them, them heading out the door between now and the end of the month. Mm. All right. Well, we're going to leave it there for part one. Uh, just to say thank you to the to the guy who emailed me this, but I I, I just can't pronounce your name. It's P or Z E M Y S K or L A W. So that's beyond my comprehension. I've never seen it. Before. <laughs> so uh, thank you all the same for the email. We're going to take a short break. We're back with your questions after this. This week's Arscast Extra is brought to you by Audible.com. For your free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial to their service, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Arscast. That's audibletrial.com forward slash Arscast, and you can get a book in your ear. Every sign-up does help us here on the Arscast Extra, helps keep things going, so it's all very much appreciated. It's audibletrial.com forward slash Arscast. Hello and welcome back to the Askcast Extra. We're going to have a look at some of your questions now. Uh, and the first one comes from Adars Hatal. Um, and I've read that wrong. It's Adarsh Hatal. Okay, well, uh, um, and he, <laughs> I'm sure i forgive you. I hope so. Sorry, Adarsh. He asks, Kadira or Carvalho, who do you want and whom will we actually get? That's a good question. Um, I really haven't seen a lot of Carvalho. I have to say. But in terms of the profile of the player that we need, or people want anyway, you would have to say he's closer to it than Kadira. Kadira is obviously a very, very good footballer, but not the defensive midfielder everybody wants. So it's hard to tell what the manager is going to do on this one, whether he's looking for that outright defensive midfielder in Carvalho that will come in and displace Arteta and Flamini. Simple as that. If he's going to spend that kind of money on a player, it's going to be for a first-team player. Or he's looking at Kadira as somebody to to work with Ramsey, perhaps, or alongside Ramsey, or to have secure... I don't know. You see, I, I find it difficult to see the the logic of Kadira, and that makes me think it's more likely to happen because you see that sometimes with Arsene Wenger. Um, remember the summer we signed Bakary Sanya, and everyone went, well... We've got Hoyt coming through and 
Boue is there. Nobody was particularly troubled about our right-back situation, but he went out and bought one. So that makes me think that Kadira is a more likely arrival than Carvalho. But if you were to ask me who I see fitting better in the team, I think I think uh, Carvalho will, would, despite not having seen him that much, but just in terms of what people say about him and the way the way that he plays. Um, you know, when you've got two players uh, around the 30, 33 mark like Arteta and Flamini, that seems like the area that, that needs more work. What about you? Mm. Yeah, I think Carvalho, from, from, again, the little I've seen of him, is a, a more natural holding player than Kadira. Um, he started his career playing further advanced, uh, you know, as the kind of number 10, but he now plays that much deeper role. The other thing that's in his favour is that he's, I think, five years younger than Kadira. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We know that if Arsene Wenger is going to spend big, he, you know, he likes to do it on young talent, talent that's got a, a residual value that can still... Oh, that's an annoying sound. Let's stop that. Um, talent that's got a residual value. And that I didn't can hear still, it, by the way, so... Oh, did you not? No. It was my um, Gmail chat, you know, bling, bling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite irritating. I've just closed it. Uh, yeah, a guy who's still, you know, he's going to retain his value, he's going to improve, going to develop. And, and I think Kadira at 27 with a lot of injuries behind him is, is less obviously that guy. Uh, but as you say, with Arsene he moves in mysterious ways, this man. Um, we all remember the transfer window where we were crying out for a holding midfielder and a centre-back and he bought Andrea Sharvin, mm. uh, a, a, tiny, a tiny wee playmaker. Um, so it's hard to predict what we will do if you were trying to just pick a piece to complete the jigsaw Carvalho seems the more obvious choice I mean do you do you give a lot of credence to the the smoke around those particular fires do you think there is interest there in those players based on the amount of stories we're seeing yeah I think that well I don't know really anything about Carvalho but I did hear that there's definitely a belief that we're doing something with with Kadira Mm. But certainly on on the training ground, there was talk about him and his arrival being imminent. Mm. Um, so I don't I don't know about Carvalho, but there's there's clearly something going on with with the midfield thing. But obviously, given the numbers that we had, and we talked about it before the break, it's not like it's a pressing issue. So 
I think the manager can play the long game, and I think he likes he likes doing that. And it wouldn't surprise me if if things went all the way to deadline day. Yeah, especially in the case of uh, Kadira. In fact, both these players, Kadira, because his contract's running out in a year's time, so there'll be a, will, a desire to, to secure him for the best possible fee. You know, we won't want to pay over the odds for someone who's going to be a free in twelve months. And Carvalho, because he's got like a lot of players in Portugal, a buyout clause that you know sporting will be trying to get people as close to as possible so they both feel like quite protracted deals potentially and i do wonder if we'll be waiting until the the final days of the window to see if either of those pan out yeah all right okay here's one from east stand stan which is Mm -hmm. more difficult to say than you might think i think you did well yeah he says two right backs out two right backs in goalkeeper out goalkeeper in sanchez aside it's hardly progress what do you mm. think? What do you think of that contention? That's interesting, isn't it? Because there's such a positive atmosphere among the fans and around the club at us having done some business. So two right backs out, Sanya and Jenkinson out, two goalkeepers out, a goalkeeper out. Sorry, yeah. I, I mean, I'd say we've improved in a lot of areas. So for me, um, I think Ospina. Fabianski was excellent last season, but I think Espina in the long term presents a greater threat to the number one shirt. Uh, in terms of right backs, maybe we've, we're about where we were last season. I think Chambers and Debushi weighed up against Jenkinson and Sanya. Well, I think Sanya is the best of those four. I think, you know, that would be a fairly even, even scales there. Um, I think it's uh, what I basically think is that you can't say setting aside Sanchez. I think it's such an important signing that it does actually dramatically change the nature of our squad and and what it means for next season. Mm. Um, uh, you know, he, he has so much of what we lacked in terms of that kind of pace and excitement in the final third that I think just putting him to one side, especially when it's a £35 million investment we're talking about here, is a, a little bit unfair when you're assessing the progress we've made. I think the squad is in a stronger position than it was, uh, you know, at the end of last season. And I think what's exciting and what we've just talked about before is that we're going to push on and I think, you know, we might do one or two more. Mm. Obviously, if Amala was to go and he wasn't to be adequately replaced, then you'd be in a position where you'd be seriously concerned about about depth in that area. Yeah. Um, but given the way we've done our business this summer, I, I can't see that happening. I'm sure that we'll we'll do what we need to make sure we're we're in good shape. Um, what's your feeling? Do you think it's been a summer of progress? Yeah, I yeah. do because I think there's other th- other factors as well. You can't just look at it as you know names in and names out, positions in, positions out. You know, there's there's player improvement. Uh, you'd be looking at somebody like uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, for example, to have a bigger impact this season. Theo Walcott to come back. There's the the intangible uh, of confidence and self belief that you get from winning the FA Cup. You know that that's obviously made a big difference to the players that they feel like winners now. Whereas mm. they're not, you know, the, the the aim of the season isn't just to win something, but also to get over the mountain of 10 years or nine years without a trophy. That's not there anymore. So, mm-hmm. uh, and as we talked about in the break, you've got players in every position. That's not to say we can't still improve our squad, but, you know, I, I think it. I think uh, the progress doesn't just um, rely on what we did this summer, but also on what happened at the end of last season and, and how we then take that into the new campaign. So there. That's my so there. 
So there. <laughs> and I meant that in the nicest possible way. Uh, what was the name again? East Stand Stan. Thank you, Stan. Thanks, Stan. Um, cool. Should we have another one? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay. Is This is from Ross Adams. Uh, Ross Adams 33 being his Twitter username. And we talked about midfielders. We talked about who might come in. He asks, if you had to sell one of Arteta or Flamini, who would you choose? If I had to, like, absolutely yeah. had to. You've got to. So you've brought in, let's say, William Carvalho, and you've decided you've got too many holding midfielders there. Which one is going to get the bullet? I really like Arteta. I like mm-hmm. what he does and what he's done since he arrived, but he's 33. Mm-hmm. But Flamini's a bit, you know, yeah. He's not as good a player as Arteta, I don't think. He's more tackly no. and more robust in the in the in the general scheme of things, but more likely to get you a yellow card and what have you. And I just think there's a Arteta has a a leadership quality and an influence that I think is important, even if it's just for another season. So I would, given that we've brought in somebody who's going to be like a first choice DM. Um, I would still keep Arteta around for his his leadership qualities, his overall positivity, his influence in the dressing room and on the on the training ground. Whereas I think Flamini is, you know, happy kind of guy, and maybe people would miss him a little bit. But you know, and what I know about, that's I'll taking just... a risk because of the age difference. You know, there's three years and and everything else. But I think I just feel happier selling Flamini than Arteta. What about, uh, just to fight Flamini's corner briefly, what about his versatility? Would that make any difference to you, the fact he can cover at fullback? That's a good point, but we do seem to have... All the fullbacks. All the fullbacks. We've got two two left-backs. We've got three options for right-back. Um, yeah, I mean, there is that string to his bow, but when is the last time Flamini ever played there? I know he, he did brilliantly in that run to the Champions League final, um, but... Yeah, he did it a bit, uh, briefly, I think, during a game last season as a kind of emergency option. But Yeah, I mean, I think Flamini's like a guy that, you know, he'll just do what he's told. Go there and do that. Okay, boom, I'll do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's not perhaps the most cultured. Um, so, yeah, that, w- that would be my thinking because then you're looking at, you know, you could add somebody else to that position, you know, the following summer to, to deputize or to understudy this new mythical, fabled, awesome DM that we've just bought. Okay. What would you so you're do? going for... Um, oh. Yeah, I would, I would keep Arteta around, actually. I think... I do think he's a superior player. And also, we talked about Rosicki earlier and how important he is to the squad in terms of being a bit of a leader, a bit of a figurehead. And I think Arteta's very similar. He's the vice-captain. He's the captain on the pitch, you know, Mm. in in 90% of games last season. And I think, uh, yeah, he's a a really important member of the team and important member of the squad. And as much as I like Flamini and I like his energy, I feel like he was brought in as a a kind of emergency option in some respects. He was brought in as a short-term signing. And so he'd be the one who, if I was going to let one go... uh, yeah, it would be Flamini, I'm afraid. All right. Cheerio, Flamster. Um, all <laughs> right. Next one comes in from... Uh, why, don't I, why don't I just ever pick them from John Smith? This is from <laughs> Anurag Mulpuri. 
That's at Anurag5959. Okay. And he wants to know, with the Community Shield coming up on Sunday, who would you pick for the striker position? Sanchez, Giroud, or Yaya? I would pick, to my slight surprise, Yaya Sanogo. I'll tell you why. You the do reason. That. Okay. <laughs> I've got to explain this. Well, the first reason is that Giroud, I think, is kind of out of contention. Arsene Wenger sort of said he doesn't look ready. And I know that games are the only way he's going to get ready, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he'll start on Sunday. I think, uh, I think he might only play half the game and maybe it'll be the second half. I, I also just sort of feel like Yaya did so well in the Emirates Cup. Like I feel like give him an opportunity, give him, you know, we, we, if, if we can get another goal or another couple of goals, we'll have a, a better player on our hands for it. The reason I wouldn't choose Sanchez to play through the middle, I do think he'll play, but I think he'll play wide. It's just that I, I think as he adapts to English football, um, he will play on the flank predominantly. And with Theo Walcott still being injured, I think that's sort of where he's going to start out. Uh, and, you know, once he's a bit accustomed to the physicality, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him switch into the centre. So I think it's between Giroud and Sonogo. And just read, listen to what Arsene Wenger said the, the other day, I, I wonder if Sonogo's ahead, as it were, in the in the race for fitness and given that might start. I mean, the obvious counter to that is if Giroud doesn't play, how's he ever going to get <laughs> get ready? Um, but I think, you know, he'll play a good part of the game. I just wonder if with with Snogo's confidence on a high, Fenger might look to exploit that and see if he can build him up that little bit more before the start of the season. Mm. Um, what, what do you reckon? Do you think it'll go Giroud? I don't think so, because I thought the, the comments about his fitness were, were quite pointed. Mm. Um you know, to say he's not ready is obvious because he's just back from his holidays and, you know, the World Cup and everything else. But I do wonder if there was something a little bit more to that, you know, um, that it, oh, it was, he is a player, obviously, because of his size and everything else needs to be sharper to be effective. And I get that. But I just wonder if there was something a little bit more to the manager's comments that look, well, maybe you come back a little bit out of shape. Um, yeah. If Sonogo's fit... I don't see the problem with starting him. Um, the Community Shield is essentially a glorified friendly. Um, it's You know, we played Manchester City in China a couple of seasons back, and I don't know what the score was, and nobody cares. Um, and I don't, I don't see the Community Shield as anything other than a warm-up game for, for the new season. So I'm not that invested in the result of it, uh, which obviously I'd like us to win, but more about the performance and, and how the team works and gels, if that makes sense. So uh, yeah. I'm happy enough to go with, with Sonogo and, and Sanchez, but uh, Sanchez wide. I just wonder if um, Oxlade-Chamberlain might be considered for the wide role as well. Arsene Wenger talked about him making a big difference when he came on against Monaco in the, in the Emirates Cup. So he could well go with Sanchez um, on the... Uh, down the middle, but we'll see. I think Sonogo went off with a bit of an injury uh, against uh, Benfica, so it all depends. Uh, you're right, yeah. It all depends how um, all depends how fit he is. So there. Mm. All right. Well, we shall see. Yeah. Uh, it's my question, isn't it? It is. I'm very bad. I'm very bad at this aspect of it. You know, you think it'd be quite simple just to alternate, but I constantly lose track of whose turn it is. Yeah. Well, this this question, um, it comes from Ben Cross at Ben Cross Fit, 
And he asks, are there any other sports you think players in our squad could play, i.e. Mertesacker basketball? Um, yeah, I think there are. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Like all of them, you know. They felt like turning their hand to golf, for example. I believe Aaron Ramsey is a quite a good golfer. And um, <laughs> Andre Santos, well, he could have been a race car driver, I guess. <laughs> but I'm struggling to find the, the, obvious, the, angle, obvious, the obvious angle on this one. Yeah, Mertesacker stole so he could play basketball. Santi Cazorla could be a jockey, could he not? Or a cox. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, in a boat. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Right, good. Yeah. I mean... Well, could Francis Coquelin, if he had twin brother, they could be cocks. <laughs> they could indeed, yeah. Both the pair of them. I mean, I'd quite like to see Santi Cazorla be a jockey. I imagine that he'd be quite good at it. It's not just his size. There's just something about his demeanour. His flair. I can see him. Like a yeah, exactly. smiling... Yeah, I think I can see him like on a steeplechase, like really going for it. Uh, that would be quite good. Yeah, Mertesacker basketball, you know, there's a few lanky players you could, you know, DRB maybe, but I mean, any other sport for DRB is just sort of an accident waiting to happen, isn't it? Mm. What about like ultimate fighting? Flamini? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Debushi <laughs> looks like he could be a bit of an ultimate fighter, doesn't he? Because he's got that hair. Sanchez as well. He's, you know. Yeah, he got he that ripped. Some sort of wrestler, you know, like a, you know, Luca Libre kind of flying around wrestler. Um, I don't know really. Other than that, I haven't really. Oh, apparently Aaron Ramsey was very was quite good at rugby. Was he? Yeah, yeah. just throwing that out there. I think. Um, um, I think uh, I have to say, and I, and I base this only on what I've seen in in the World Cup. But I think the new goalkeeper uh, David Ospina, I suspect he could be really, really good. At curling, <laughs> there's just something that, about his his broom technique that makes me think, yeah, he he could do it. He could sweep the ice with panache yeah. and, and style and and effectiveness. So the big gigantic handly thing ends up near the what's it where it's supposed to go. It, it is quite the sport, quite the thrilling thing to to watch happen. I actually, I do find it quite entertaining the curling when it's on. I will watch it. Yeah. There's something absurd about the whole thing that I find quite enjoyable. Um, I thought for David Espina, you were going to say like diving or something because I think uh, he looks like a good keeper, but he does. When he signed for Arsenal, there were a few videos floating around, and I think he enjoys a, a spectacular fling uh, towards the ball. I think he, you know, he's what he's a got diver, that kind of thing. Maybe. I mean, he's, he's one who doesn't mind, you know, a save for the cameras, uh, I, I seem to have picked up. So nice. that could be one to, something to watch out for next season, nonetheless. Oh. Anyway, we've had, a, we've had a good go, haven't we? we we've tried. allocated a few sports. Yeah. All right, here's one from uh, Tyler Tuhura. And he asks, if you had the power to grant one player immunity from injury for the rest of the season or for the entire season, who would it be? Wow, great question. Um, I'll tell you the candidates that are going through my mind. So the first was Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. Because his, I think his injury last season was, was so, so costly. The next was Perma Saka. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think Lauren Koscielny would have to be considered too. I think, you know, without obvious replacements, you know, experienced replacements for those in the squad, they're, they're right, right up there. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for Per Mertesacker. Just because at his best, I just feel our defence looks so much more solid and secure with him there. Um, when you take him out, I'm not sure we've got anyone with those kind of organisational abilities. Uh, so he is the one. I think Ramsey is obviously incredibly important. But in terms of creative, dynamic midfield talent, we are quite blessed. We have, you know, Jack Wilshire, Meza Erzo, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Santi Gazzola, players who, although they're not, you know, exact parallels with Ramsey can do some of those jobs and we can find other ways to cover his absence but at the back at the moment we just haven't got those options so I, I would sign Permer Saka up for immunity how about you pragmatic pragmatic answer there you got a mm. you got a future in wish management if it is thanks man uh, I I have to say I would agree with all of the things that you said particularly about the central defenders and uh I, I I think I would probably, though, just go for Jack Wilshire because I'd really like to see him go through a season without any injuries to see whether or not he can fulfill the potential that people have spoken about for so long. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So uh, if he was to have a campaign where he had no injuries and he felt great and he played brilliantly and all of a sudden people are going, yes, Jack's arrived, he's done it at last, then I think we'd all be very happy. And if with a season without injury, he didn't manage to reach the heights that we wanted him to. At least then that makes it easier to make whatever decision you have to make then. So mm. that would be my one. I think that's a really, uh, that's a nice one. Yeah. It's very nice. It is. There's, very... a, there's a niceness to that. Yeah, which I enjoyed. Well, we shall see, you know, I, hopefully they will stay fit. And, you know, this is a moot question, but yeah. if there is anyone listening out there, those are the two we've chosen. Don't, Fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got one more? I haven't, no. I'm really worried, though. I feel like we've just done an absolute mega jinx. Um, I well, feel like no, those two see, players... The, 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 there's no such thing as jinxing. There isn't. No. There okay. isn't. All right. I mean, what about, that, football fans what about that run of weeks where we kept predicting stuff and it kept happening? That was weird. That was kind of weird. Yeah, but... and then we talked about global conflict and then it happened. We've yeah. got to be careful. We really do. Oh, shit, we already talked about uh, Ice Ages. So we, we have started the next Ice Age. Hang on. The, free, the freeze is coming. Well, it looks all right out there at the moment. Okay, I've got one final question. Go on, then. Uh, and this comes from Hunter Steffs, which is at Hunter Steffs. And he wants to know, and this is a quite serious question, he wants to know, would you rather see Arsenal sign a ghost, a mummy, Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein... Or a skeleton. So you've got, I mean, there, there's your options. You're sitting there at your desk. You've got the, the cards in front of you. Ghost, mummy, Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, or a skeleton. I think I want a Wolfman. I think I do. I'll tell you why. I'm quite influenced. Have you ever seen the film Teen Wolf? Yes, I have, of course. With yes. Michael J. Fox. With Michael J. Fox is the basketball playing wolf man. And the thing is, his wolf powers make him exceptional at basketball. And there's this sort of, you know, as far as I remember, he kind of 
transforms into the wolf either before or sometimes during games in order to you know generate that extra advantage and i do think it'd be very exciting seeing someone in an arsenal shirt i mean it'd be great if we could even bestow it on one of the current members of the squad that just you know they sort of project a full moon into the sky above the emirates stadium and then they that that tight puma shirt bursts as a, a sort of hairy wolf man emerges and just charges up the pitch with the ball between his jaws and takes it over the line that's that's what I want. If I was even Gazidis presented with those options, that's the deal I'd be signing. Yeah, I have to agree. Not not from the Teen Wolf angle, but because all the others are completely unsuitable for the football that we like to play. A right. ghost, right? For a start, a ghost can't kick the ball because he's ethereal. Yes. Right? A mummy, he's quite, you know, slow and lumbering and, you know, and he's got like bandages wrapped around his head so he can't fucking see. Then you've got Dracula. Now, Dracula's a vampire, and vampires can do cool shit like they can move really fast. But Dracula's just a bit of a fucking asshole, isn't he? When you think about it. You know, he's He's all tied up in this love for Mina, and it's just like, you know, you'd be in the middle of a game, and you'd be looking for him to make a run down the left, and he'd be just thinking about Mina and how heartbroken he was, and then he'd go, like Gary Oldman in in the thing, right? So so fuck Dracula, Frankenstein. We're yeah. Look, come on, that's not going to work. That's not. We tried that with Abu Dhabi by replacing bits of uh, all other people to put them together. It's not. Okay. Right. I'm sorry, but it hasn't. And a Skellington for their comedy purposes, brilliant. But all you know, imagine a highball coming down. Skellington tries to take it on his chest, and all of a sudden he's just there's bones everywhere. So yeah. Wolfman is the only possible option for that. Also because he has added evisceration potential that he could, not only could he run through the defense with the ball in his jaws, he could then, you know, get out the claws and rip out the bowels of defenders uh, and everything else. And I think that's something that we'd all like to see. I think we need to see a bit more of that from the Arsenal squad. A bit more bow, a bit more bow ripping. Yes. Yes. Lovely. So I think on that point, Hunter, uh, Wolfman is the unanimous choice, and uh, hopefully before the end of the transfer window, we sign that very player. Hopefully so. All right. Carvalho, Kadira, or Wolfman? Wolfie. Come on, Wolfie. All right, well, look, uh, in, continue to enjoy Edinburgh. And, Thank you. Uh, and all the, uh, the, uh, the, the famous people you're hanging out with or, or touching <laughs> or being quite near. Standing and, uh, near, mainly, yep. And we'll do this again next week, so uh, until the next Starscast Extra, take it easy. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.